Hello, namaste, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Divine Nobody's Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Ashna. I'm joined by the luminous Jennifer Lynn. Jennifer, how are you? Doing well. Luminous, huh? I like that, huh? I like do. Put a little spin on that. A little zhuzh. A little zhuzh. Yeah, it's been a luminous day. And we have a really special guest in our studio that we're actually going to have a phone call with here in a bit. And uh, she's a really special woman. She's uh, well-versed in something that me and you are actually really interested in and fascinated with, and that is the realm of astrology. Yes. Yeah, so she actually is the moderator of iChat Astrology. She can actually be found on Instagram. She has a lot of really amazing content on there, and her practice is in evolutionary astrology. You heard about evolutionary astrology? No, and I'm super excited to learn about it. If you don't know, you better... Better start studying you because don't know, it's now taking you know. over. Uh-huh. It's taking over. It's going to be a really amazing interview. We're going to ask a lot of questions, really get to know her and find out a little bit more about her journey into evolutionary astrology. All right, let's do it. Yeah, so definitely stay tuned. Thank you guys again for tuning in. We'll see you on the other side. Namaste. Hello, good evening. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Divine Nobody's podcast. I'm your host, Eric Ajna. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jennifer Lynn. Hello. Hello, we have a really amazing guest in our studio today. We actually have her on the phone, and uh, we're going to be asking her a lot of different questions about astrology. We're really, really grateful to have Yvette Thomas with us. Yvette, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on your show. This is my first time. Oh, it's your first time. (laughs) It's my first podcast ever, so... (laughs) So congratulations, but this is actually an inaugural thing for us too, because we're doing our very first sort of phone interview. So we're going to go and run together and we're going to have some fun along the way. So we have a lot of ground to cover and uh, we also have a lot of questions. Me and Jen, we ascribe to uh, astrology in our own lives. And of course, whenever, you know, Mercury comes out of the sky and starts moving backwards, it uh, something that we, we pay attention to, and as far as I understand, Mercury's in retrograde right now, right? Um, I think yesterday it finally started to go forward. So, yeah, we can we can all breathe now, right? That's crazy because I actually started to feel the shift in the energy yesterday too. Yeah, and I, I know yeah. it's not like a gradual thing where it's just you know the second it hits midnight, things start to change. I feel like I started to feel that subtle sort of progression in it moving forward oh yeah because because what happens is as the the planet mercury will start to slow down so you feel that energy kind of subside maybe a day or two you know and what that and what that is is they call it stationary so meaning that the plant so mercury when it's retrograde obviously the planet is spinning backwards and as it's approaching to go direct it slowly starts you know, to start, it slowly starts to um, move slower. And then eventually it gets to like a stopping place. And they call that Mercury is stationary, meaning it's not moving. And then within, you know, a couple of hours or whatever, it starts to move forward again. So as it's, as it is slowing down, it's um, moving backward, you start to feel the energy sort of lift, you know, not as, not as strong. And especially if you have mercury that's transiting. um, And and what that means is, is that mercury is actually touching a natal planet in your, in your chart. Um, And so when that happens, those people tend to feel the energy 
pretty, you know, pretty deeply versus if, you know, it's transiting in a house of your chart where it's not touching any planets. So what do you think people have this sort of negative connotation behind Mercury retrograde? I myself have a moon in Gemini. And I think Jen also uh-huh. has a moon in Gemini, too. I so, also do, yeah. Yeah, and so we have like a very mercurial nature when it comes to how we communicate. Um, and I feel like during Mercury retrograde, I feel kind of activated in some ways that I'm not normally kind of used to otherwise. But why do you think uh-huh. people have uh, sort of like a negative underpinning behind um, Mercury retrograde? So um, in theory, uh, with astrology, what mercury retrograde is is it's it happens about every three months for a span of anywhere from two and a half to three weeks depending on the sign and 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 time and things things of that sort and really what it is is it's a time to re reflect so retrograde everything is re right so it's a time to reflect on your last prior three months just in life in general so during that time, they will say, you know, don't sign any contracts, don't make any decisions. It's not, it's not a decision-making time. It's a reflection time. It's a review during the retrograde. So um, what happens is that people will say, oh my gosh, it's the Mercury retrograde. Things are happening. It's bad. It's going, the planet is going backwards. Communication is messed up. And it's true that you do get like, you know, communication breakdown or just, I feel like it's random electronic stuff, you know, um, that kind of a thing, because it's just like, it, it's, it's Mercury. Mercury is the planet of communication. It's the planet. It's like a trickster planet. It's a very youthful energy. And so it's not a time that you're supposed to like make any big decisions or go out and, you know, do something, you know, um, important per se. And they'll always say, cause people will say, Oh my gosh, I got a job during the, during the Mercury retrograde is, am I going to get fired? What's going to happen? And so, so they'll say, they'll say, no, what, what happens is, is if you're working on say for an example, you know, getting a job prior to the retrograde and you happen to just have to sign the the contract during the retrograde. What they say is is that you know maybe something will change, um, you know during your job. Meaning you could get a promotion in six months, or you can get make more money, or you know just something will change. So we actually have. Yeah, we actually had a fun little Mercury retrograde electronic issue. Um, our very yeah. first podcast that we recorded together, we had our new mixer, and um, and we had a guest that was in from Utah, so he wasn't a local guest, so we were super happy to have him in. Just the stars aligned where it was the right time to have him in, and we ended up not catching any of the audio um, because there was just something electronically yeah. going on with our mixer, and um, we were so bummed. We lost that whole interview, and uh, after the interview was over, I was like, dang it retrograde got us it got us yeah. this time yeah yeah when i'm at when i'm at i have a i have a friend at work and uh, she's really into astrology and whenever uh-huh. mercury retrograde comes around um she always has something to say but the other day she was just like somebody needs to take mercury out of the sky <laughs> yeah. you know so thank you so much for like, sharing oh, the ruler yeah <laughs> So we have a lot of, we got a lot to cover. And uh, the one thing that was yeah. interesting um, that I, I, I noticed in your bio is that you have uh, this thing called evolutionary astrology. 
And I don't know how that differs from maybe uh, Vedic astrology or like tropical zodiac sort of stuff, but can you elaborate more on what evolutionary astrology is? Sure. So evolutionary astrology um, looks at astrology and they look at the planet Pluto being a representation of your soul. Okay, so the, the um, school of thought with evolutionary astrology is that um, they believe in past lives and they believe that the soul travels from life to life. And so when you come into this life, your soul has a memory and it remembers all of your past lives. And it comes in with certain like unconscious behaviors and, you know, you do things that you do that you don't even know why you do them. And um, it also talks about the soul having past life lessons and what those lessons were. And as a result of those lessons, you now have new lessons in this life. And so they use the natal chart um, to uncover what your past life lessons were and what your current life lessons are and sort of like the issues that you come into this life with as a result of your past life. Got it. Yeah, that's interesting. And I, I noticed, I'm going to kind of segue into the relationship component of it, because um, you talked a lot about that as far as like how your past lives, how your past relationships, I'm guessing this is both maybe platonic and non-platonic, how they affect yes. the current incarnation that you're in right now. Mm -hmm. So before we get into the relationship part, can you maybe talk a little bit about the difference between soulmates, twin flames, and maybe karmic relationships? Yeah. So, okay. So, um, okay. So a karma mate is somebody that you have karma with. Okay. Or it could be, um, I don't know how to explain this. Okay. So for an example, if you're learning a lesson from a, like you had issues in a past life. So say that you had like, um, bonding issues from a past life. Okay. And another person had the same kind of bonding issues. In this life, you guys have agreed, you made a soul commitment, a soul agreement to get together and you each are going to work on your bonding issue, okay? But that doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship that you guys had in the past life created that bonding issue as a result of being in a relationship together. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Okay. So a karma mate is somebody that you're going to work out, you know, similar karmas together. You guys signed up to do it. Now a soulmate, now a soulmate, I, I like to call a soulmate like a soul grinder. Okay. Because the relationship in my experience and through the readings that and charts that I've read, the meaning, the soul, the soulmate basically loves you enough to stay with you and to get through the karma that the two of you have created. And it's usually not fun. Okay? <laughs> it's not. And that's why I call it like a soul grinder. And the thing is, is it's almost like you love each other so much that you're unconsciously committed to staying together. Do you know what I mean? And through this tumultuous climb of this mountain, you're like, oh my God, wow, that was harsh. Let me take a look, step back. Yeah. Oh, wow. I am definitely not the same person I was when I met this person. Yeah, I was rough. Yeah, I love him or I love her, but uh, wow. 
you know, so, so to me, that's, you know, so when I will see that in a chart and somebody will be saying, this is my soulmate. I know it. I love them. It's, 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 it's them. And I'm, and I will say, yes, put on your protective headgear. It's going to be a climb, you know? So when you say, uh, when you go through a lot of these sort of hurdles that, um, couples kind of yeah. go through in soulmate relationships. Is it a sustainable mm -hmm. thing where they end up sort of being together for the rest of their lives? Or is this something that kind of just comes along as a temporary thing? It just depends. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes they, they can stay in your life forever. Sometimes it's for 10 minutes and sometimes, you know, 10 years. It just, it depends on when you unwind that chart. It depends on the lesson yeah. and the, how much karma you know, is going on. So for an example, um, you can get charts that have a lot of connections, um, cross connections, which they, we call it sinistry in astrology. Yeah. Um, and when you see a chart that's just, uh, you know, enmeshed with, you know, 50 connections, or where you have something that, for an example, you know, my Venus might aspect your Neptune. And then also my Neptune might aspect your Venus. And that's called a double whammy. So if you, and, and Venus is a, um, a personal planet and um, Neptune is a karmic planet. And so when you get those type of connections and if you get a lot of double whammies in there, it, they're probably in for a while. Now, how that plays out, you know, it's all free will and it depends on the story that, you know, they've written, um, but it could be for a lengthy period of time. Interesting. Yeah. So it almost is like the, the quality of the relationship and not so much the duration in which it happens. Right. And then you also have to remember, you know, because we do have free will, some people just might say, hey, you know, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to yeah. do this, you know? And so what happens is that when that happens, the relationship, you know, may dissolve because a person's just not willing to do the work and how are you going to, how are you going to evolve and grow if a person isn't willing? Then in my experience, the universe will bring in someone else, you know, because we can have many soulmates. There's not, we don't yeah. just have one. So it's, mm -hmm. it's not one of those things where, I mean, I guess it could be, but I'm just, uh, is it, do we have typically maybe one soulmate that we, that sort of travels with us throughout our life and other dimensions that we choose to incarnate with and go through this type of work? Yeah. So, you know, some people might meet a soulmate this life and some people you know might not it depends on what the the lesson is but if your lesson is you know a love a love lesson or you know has to do with any type of relating in some way um you can bring in you know a soulmate it all depends on the um the uh, karmic or the soul agreement that we made prior to this life. So it's almost like we don't really know, you know, will we get one? Will we not? Um, how does it work out? You know? So I wonder so if it's a, if, it, if it's a question of accelerating the relationship, or maybe if you make this agreement uh, prior to being born here, that they would maybe teach you a lesson about self-love by maybe either leaving you or getting you to sort of wake up, Maybe basically yeah. act as a catalyst in maybe one particular yeah. lifetime. And even though they end up not staying, fundamentally, I think mm -hmm. from the universal perspective, that occurrence 
caused me to start maybe introspecting and working on myself, which ultimately would lead to sort of like a self-love type of thing? Correct. Yes. I think that I have a soulmate and a friend, actually. And but for a different way, um, I think that we definitely have a soulmate relationship. And I we were brought back here together to support Mm -hmm. one another because this was going to be a really rocky time. Mm -hmm. But I have um, had visions and meditation of past lives with this person as a um, as a uh, brother. And yeah, yeah, and even uh, even in a female sense, I could tell that it was his spirit, but in a woman. So, yes, and that's it. And that's the thing is that we change genders throughout the lifetimes. And um, because we need to, you know, sometimes you need to be a woman because you need to learn what, you know, women lessons. So you your gender is woman Um, or, you know, you need to switch it because the next life you need to be a man because those are the type of lessons that you need to learn. So it's very challenging sometimes where um, people can be very confused. Um, I've, I've met people before who will tell me I'm a, you know, I'm heterosexual, but I've left my husband and I am in a same sex, um, relationship, but I'm not gay. There's like, there's something wrong, you know? And so when you, when you unwind the chart, you know, and you go through it, you can see in the last life, they were a man. So it was like a heterosexual, but the soul doesn't remember that. It doesn't remember genders. You know what I mean? It it remembers experiences. It remembers feelings. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So uh, now that we've talked about soulmates, can you maybe go into the dynamics of twin flames? So the dynamic of twin flames is, is that it's the soul splits and um, so the soul splits and the other half is looking for the other half. That is like the whole twin flame deal. My thing is, is that I don't really know much about per se twin flames because you get into the whole theory of, well, is it a karma mate? Is it a soulmate? Is it a twin flame? Nope, it's this. And so I kind of believe that whatever a person feels that they should go with, because whether it's a karma mate or whether it's a um, soulmate or whether it's a twin flame, there's a connection. Do I, you know, do you really need to put a label on it? I don't think so. You know? Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that's the reason why there is a lot of confusion around this very thing, right? Because depending on who you talk to, they'll give you a different story when it comes to the twin flame sort of soulmate thing. So we sort of start looking at it in a systematic way and we start compartmentalizing and and making it sort of like a standard that maybe they're looking for. And I think you're right. I think it just comes down to that sort of the emotional synergy that you have and the spiritual connection that you have with that person. And I think like we intuitively will feel that with our partners, right? Right. And and I think that when you meet um, a person that you have a karmic connection with, I think you feel it. I think you know it. You know, you might yeah. say, oh, wow, I've never felt this before, but I feel like I know this person or, you know, I'm going to be with that person, like love at first sight. And we've been together ever since, or, you know, I think that the souls know it. It's almost like they, it's like, wow, there's the person, you know what I mean? They can yeah. feel the energy. Um, and then, yeah. I kind of think that the rest is history, you know, with respect to uh, their story. 
Yeah, so I wanted to kind of segue into, um, it, it mentioned kind of in your bio that you, uh, a part of maybe acted as one catalyst into venturing in this sort of realm, but you had entered, mm-hmm. you had exited out of a seven year relationship, right? Yeah. And did that sort of act as a catalyst for you to start venturing into this type of work? Yes. So what happened for me was that I uh, got involved in relationships, had, you know, seven years prior. And at the seven year period, I decided to, to end it, you know, and it wasn't, I loved him extremely. Okay. Extremely, but I have a Gemini moon. So with a Gemini moon, it's okay. This isn't working out. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's the plan. And I'm just going to move forward. Okay. End of story. It's all fine. Yes, I love him and it was great, but it's just not working. So moving on. So what happened was, is that even though that was the plan and that was the path and that's what I did, I felt like he was with me all the time. And I wanted to make that go away because I, in, in my mind, on an academic level, I had made my decisions and I was very good with it. And so I started on a quest thinking, I need like, okay, I need to go to a psychic. I, I need to figure this out because I can't take it. How, how, am, how am I supposed to go on when this guy's like living on my shoulder, you know? And so I went to Sedona and, you know, I, I did a bunch of different things and I didn't find anything. And I was reading all of these astrology books and I'm just, I was, it was really, it was very difficult for me to like live a normal life, especially moving on with like new partners and things like that, because the, the guy was, he was like right here. So I came across this evolutionary astrology and, and I'm talking, this is back in, you know, 2008, I think it was. And I mean, the website looks like something from GeoCities or like when the internet first started. It was very scary, but I, but I was like, this is it. This is like, well, what is this? And this guy had one book, one. And so long story short, I ordered all of these DVDs and I just dove into it. And it was the first time that I had ever read when you have a connection, it's called a karmic connection. And when you have these aspects, you have spent many, many past lives with this person. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. And so at that point, I was, I said to myself, okay, get it. I'm good. I understand. This is, I, I, I get this. And um, it was at that point also that I realized that there is a difference between what your soul wants and what your ego wants. And at the end of the day, your soul will win out. And that is, um, can be a very frustrating, um, situation because if you don't almost like open yourself up and, and go with the flow, it's almost like, um, you can have some cataclysmic events, you know what I mean? Because you're going to continue to, to learn like the same lesson. Um, and it's not going to be fun. So I can tell you 20 years later, I did end up back with that person. Wow. So, wow. Um, I mean, I've been with him for a long time, but it, yeah, it didn't end at that seven year mark, but he was the catalyst to me finding, um, evolutionary astrology was because of my relationship with him that I was driven, you know, 
to, to find what I was looking for. Um, I've grown as a person. I can't even begin to tell you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that, that was it. Wow. That's, that's, that's an amazing story. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, how do you think that our past relationships impact the relationships in this life? Because there are a lot of people, I think, out there in the world that um, maybe aren't aware of how those previous relationships are impacting their current relationship. Now, do we bring uh, memories or maybe feelings from a past life? Is it down to a specific person that we start feeling these things with? Or is it just sort of like a general feeling of maybe behaviors that we um, sort of... Uh, yeah. So it's, it's kind of like, a, it can be a scope of things. So for an example, you can have like power and will issues. Okay. And so as in, this is, as an example, is that in a prior life, you could have had a parent that abused you or didn't let you become who you were. You had to conform to, you know, family values or societal ways. And so you were kind of like under their, under their thumb, they were your parental figure. They're how you ate and how you were fed, clothed, you know, sheltered, supported. And so in a past life growing up, you know, you would do whatever they say, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So you could come back into this life in a relationship and they're not your parent right but you still have those same the, the same feelings like oh i better do what they say because if i don't something bad will happen you know they're the only person that's gonna love me like this it, it, you know what i mean and so at the end of the day what the lesson really is is to own your own power right and to stand up and become who you truly are not who you're conditioned to be Right. Yeah, I love that. I want to shift gears a little bit and ask about on the same on the same topic, but about sex, like having somebody uh -huh. that you have an amazing sexual connection with, but you uh -huh. know that they're not the right person for you. But somehow you end up circling the drain because of the sexual attraction. Can you um, can right. you talk about that? Yeah. So karma can be transmitted through sex as well, because it's um, through sex, you know, the fluids that karma happens and so that's why they'll always say oh you better watch out who you sleep with because um you're sleeping with all the people that they've slept with so it's it's really funny how those kinds of things kind of happen but with respect to sleeping with somebody you could and this kind of goes back right is that you could have been a prostitute in prior lives and they could have been you know your clients and you enjoyed them in that way and so in this life you still do except the situation is you know completely different or it could be things where you are learning to grow sexually as a person and so you'll bring and attract people into your life that will allow you to open yourself up um, to go to that place where with maybe other people you don't feel you know, open to do it, you're not comfortable doing it with, but somebody from your past life, um, you are. Wow. I mean, you see, wow. yeah, you'll see that, like, 
you'll see that in, in the natal charts, whenever you have something um, in the eighth house or with like the south node or anything having to do, you know, with the sign of Scorpio or a Venus-Pluto connection. Usually when um, a couple has a Venus-Pluto connection or a Venus-Mars connection, um, you'll get that great sex. Oh, awesome. That's Good awesome. To know. Yeah. That's really great. We're gonna we're yeah. gonna just cut it out here just for a second. We're gonna take a really quick little commercial break. And then okay. we'll go ahead and hop back on with you here in a minute. Okay. All right, we'll be back. Yeah, we'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Uh, we've just been diving really deep into this interview with uh, Yvette Thomas. We covered uh, a lot of things so far. We talked about twin flames and soulmates, elaborated more on the sort of the sexual compatibility between two people. So we're back for more. Yeah. So I was looking at your IG and I saw that you have a new series coming up about um, signs and sexual compatibility. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so sexual compatibility has to do with um, your Venus relationship and Mars. So what you do is, is you look at one person's Venus um, and see if it connects with another person's Mars. And it connects via sign. So some signs, you know, work together and some signs don't. So for an example, um, you have, you know, four different elements, water, air, earth, and um fire and fire and air air makes the fire grow so they work together and earth and water earth or water makes the earth grow so they work together it's when you try and combine say for example earth and air um they don't work out so well that makes dust and fire and water, water puts out the fire. So, you know, it's, it's very challenging uh, to do that. So I created a series because people always want to know, well, are we going to get along? Are we going to have good sex? Like, how's it going to be? Um, so for an example, if you put two water signs together, right, each element has a need. And the water signs need emotional connection. That's just how they're structured. They can't help it. They need it. They need um, to feel loved. They need to feel compassion. They need to feel a deep connection. So if you put two water signs together, they get each other. So yeah. if you take, for an example, like air, like Gemini, right? Gemini is not a heart-driven sign. They're not emotional. They don't like it. When it comes to emotion, Gemini's rationalize. Okay, here's how it is. I'm gonna think about it. This is how it's gonna be. It goes like this. I'm not really down with it. I don't like it, but it is what it is, right? And they move on. So they need an intellectual connection. They don't need an emotional connection. In, in, in fact, emotion will overwhelm fire. They'll overwhelm air because they. it's not rational. It's not logical. Emotion, it, it can't be... It, it, it doesn't work like thinking. Yeah. And so um, with, with respect to sexual styles, the air and the fire signs, they want to have fun. It's like, where's the party at? I want to get in there. I, I want to role play. I'm, you know, let's talk. It's got to be exciting. I love it. Do we, you know, do we need to be committed? Who cares? I will figure it out later. Where's it going? I don't know. I know it's happening right now. 
I'm good, right? So um, water signs, they're like, okay, yeah, I need an emotional connection. I need to feel loved. I need you to understand my feelings. I need you to listen to me. I need you to touch is super important. And then you have like the, the earth signs and they're just like, okay, well, we have 10 minutes to do this. You know, where do I see in my future? Let me map it out. You know, what's your career? How are you going to financially, you know, support this relationship you know where are we going right so those are kind of the different temperaments of of the signs so you can imagine when you start to like mix it up where people you know they just don't they, they just don't connect because they're not wired the same right they just they aren't and so for an example i i did a post on you know um sagittarius and, and Taurus and Sagittarius is a fire sign and Taurus is an earth sign. So Taurus likes stability. They like routine. Sag, they like whatever. They want to have a good time. <laughs> they want to play. So, so this guy, you know, so, so Sagittarius is like, oh my God, you're boring. Okay. You want routine. You're boring. Like the, the best I could do. And, and this is questionable is spend your money, but I have, but I have my own. So even that is, is not working out for me, right? And then Taurus might say to Sag Sagittarius, you are so irresponsible, you are so unreliable, and actually you're like a financial liability to me. So I don't wanna be with you either. So you get you know, different, different ways of, um, or just different ways of being that you just are never gonna see eye to eye on um, with respect to you know, a connection. Um, well, is so, it possible again, if you have two uh -huh. signs that are um, typically not compatible? Like, for example, I'm Aquarius and my husband is Cancer, so typically we're not like a match that works, um, but we have a, an amazing relationship. So is does that have to do with other aspects of our chart? So, yes. Okay, so, and that's the thing, is that because people just know sun signs, right? Or you just know a Venus or you just know a Mars. Um, they think, oh, well, you know, we don't match because it's typical, whatever, water, fire, is, it doesn't work. But what happens is that you need to look at the entire chart as a whole on both sides, okay? So when you start to get into like relationship um, compatibility, you need to look at the entire chart you need to look at this at the south nodes you need to look to see are there per, uh, personal planets connecting to the karmic planets um, there's a, a whole lot of stuff that you have to look at for true compatibility um, but with with what I wrote as far as like sexual compatibility goes because most people they don't know other than one sign at a time I mainly wrote on how the signs interact with each other okay yeah, that's that's really really good information. So you 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 can have because I, I had been in a relationship in a while back, and and I'm a Libra, and mm -hmm. she was also Libra, and she was also a Gemini okay. Moon, right? So oh, wow! Is it is it is it too, is it not good to have too much of a good thing, or or when you have two signs that are sort of like identical in the star, in the rising, in the uh, the Moon, like yeah. is, is that typically looked at as like a difficult connection? So typically what we look at is the rising sign, the sun and the moon. And it's, you know, it's known as like the big three. And basically what that is, is that that's, um, think of it as like the skeleton of your personality, right? So for example, if you have a sun in a fire sign, right? And a person has a sun 
in a water sign, that's okay. Because if they have a moon in fire or air, they relate. Or if they have a moon or fire in rising, it works. So as long as you can blend those, that trio together, you know, as far as like the elements go, there can be a connection between them, right? But it's when you get, for example, if you were to have like a fire, um, like two Sagittariuses together and, you know, their moons were both fire and their risings were both fire, then you have to look at the signs and it, it can be an overload. And I'll give you an example. Like Sagittarius is, they're not real big into responsibility. You know, they... They're the sign of the archer. So they're always wanting to know why and they want to learn and they want to uncover the world. And so if you have two people that have that same nature, it's like, okay, well, who's going to hold down the fort at home? Who's going to pay the bills? You know, I mean, yeah, who's going to be the grown up? And so you, you know, so it's like you hope that, you know, they have other signs and other, um, uh, you know, elements in their chart that it kind of blends each other out. You know, you, you can have, um, for an example, people will say, well, I'm a Sag and, um, and I'm domestic and, you know, my moon is um, in Aries. It's like, okay, well, then you go to look at the planetary ruler of Aries and their Mars is in cancer in a water sign. So all of a sudden now, all that fire energy has, you know, has been completely toned down by a Mars being in cancer and which is water and in a water house. And so their fire energy kind of takes a backseat to, you know, um, being able to express itself fully. So when you look at a chart, like I said, you have to look at the entire chart um, uh, for both people as a whole and see, you know, what signs and planets do they have? Is there a a dominant sign? Um, Is it, you know, uh, is a certain element dominating the chart that's causing the other energy to take a back seat or not letting it it express itself? Um, You could have, you know, where they have um, aspects that cause um, the planets not to be able to to do certain things to, you know, be who you are or let your light shine bright or, you know, what, whatever it is. Yeah, that's really, so obviously the, the, the synergy charts are really important. Now we just came in, in, I'm not an astrologer, but I kind of, I, I follow it as much as I can. So I, I think that we may, are we still in Venus retrograde right now? Because that just happened, right? Yeah. You know what? We could be for like, yeah. I think maybe another week or so. Yeah. So for people mm-hmm. that aren't familiar with the Venus retrograde, uh, can you elaborate more on the implications of that? Maybe in comparison to something like a, a Mercury retrograde. Yeah, so anytime that you have a planet that is in retrograde, okay, it means that the planet is spinning backwards, the energy is spinning backwards, right? So it's the, it's the same concept with Venus as it was with um, Mercury, except it has to do with relationships. So it's going back within, it is the energy is going back within yourself, reviewing your relationships, reviewing how you relate to people, um, because Venus is relationships and it's relating. And if Venus is in Taurus or the second house, it's talking about relating to yourself. And if Venus is in Libra or in the seventh house, it's talking about relating to others. Okay. Now, if you're born with 
a Venus retrograde, which only happens about every, I think, two and a half years is what that span is. So it's not like, you know, Mercury retrograde happens four times a year, Venus retrograde, not so much. And so when you're born with a Venus retrograde, uh, from a past life perspective, every single relationship that you have will be a redo, you know, and the energy is spinning backwards within yourself. So the person isn't so kind of touchy feely and, you know, wanting to be in relationships and, you know, being so openly relatable to others. Because, yeah. because they're trying to relate to themselves. That, that's sort of how they view um, relationships. It's themselves first. Yeah. 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 And, and one thing I, that I also I heard about Venus Retrograde is uh, mm-hmm. a call for people to not make really important decisions in the realm of relationships. Right. right. And, and that, is, that, that, is that something... That's true. And it's, it's yeah. a, that's the same concept with, um, with Mercury. The, it's a review. Yeah. So retrograde is review. It is to um, uh, reflect, you know, and it's to think about. It's not decision-making time, you know. And, I, yeah. and, and you definitely don't want to leave a relationship during a Mercury retrograde. Now, you can yeah. get during, I mean, during a Venus retrograde, you can get... Um, if if Venus is retrograde and it is aspecting your south node, you can get people that come into your life from the past. An ex can yeah. call you or somebody that, you know, you haven't seen for a long time that you had some type of relationship with can show up. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah. Calls. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Sometimes. So, um, what is your recommendation for people who, speaking of exes, right, whenever the exes pop back up and you know this is a person that, for whatever reason, you have a tie to, and you know this person isn't right for you, mm-hmm. so as far as the healings and the teachings, what is your advice on that? So I would have to say that I'm super liberal when it comes to this, because my number one thing is I would need to see the chart, because yeah. what happens is, is that you have to remember is that those two made, you know, an agreement. What that agreement is, I don't know. What those lessons are, I don't know. And is it that they have broken up and made up a million times? I don't know. It's not my story, you know. And so what happens when I come across people like that and I'll look at the chart and I will see what the lessons are, I'll tell them, hey, this is the lesson. You know, this is what you're supposed to learn. And sometimes it's to stay and sometimes it's not, you know. But usually when the karma's up, you know it. No one has to tell you. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, it's really yeah. interesting. And, and I'm curious because I, in, in your bio, you had spent a large period of time, obviously, in the corporate world, right? Yeah. And I, I'm guessing it, you had to leave that in order to get into astrology or is it one of those things where you're trying to sort of balance it out right now? So I, it was, so astrology was always part of my life. Um, I always, you know, was into it and up until, um, six months ago, uh, March, not even six months ago, a couple of months ago, I actually left my corporate job. And I decided to take some time off and uh, focus on writing my IG account. 
and also uh, working on creating an app because I feel like if people have an app, if I would have had an app, right, that when I was going through a tough time that I could just program my information into and it would spit out a story or spit out, this is why this is happening to you. I would have been so grateful, oh, you know? That's like a millennial's and, dream right Yeah, there. it really is. Yeah, <laughs> right? And so I just, my goal is, is that I've walked that rough road when it came, when it comes to relationships and I didn't have anybody to help me, you know, say, Oh, you know, here's what's going on. It's this transit. It's going to last for about this long. Here's what you need to do. You know, if you need help, come back. I'll, you know, whatever you want to know, I'll tell you, but give some guidance, you know, cause I felt so lost and I felt like nobody understood, especially when you're in a soulmate type of relationship or soul grinder and you're just climbing this mountain and people think you're crazy and you're nuts and you're really smart, but you're making some bad decisions and you just are saying to yourself, but I'm not making a bad decision. This is my story. And I know what I'm doing. You need to, you know, let me live it. So reading these uh, charts is so complicated. I mean, thank you for doing that and, and on the road to creating this app because it's like when I look at charts, I'm like, what the hell does all this mean? And you really right. do have to go to different um, different resources. I'm like Googling all over the place. What does this mean? What does that mean? There's really yeah. not a one-stop shop that has all of that information combined to kind of explain it to you. So I mean, right. I'm, I'm so pumped to see yeah. this. And I saw, I think she shared some of her page uh, on your Instagram that you have these sort of like really cool memes that break down oh, yeah. different elements of the synergy between two charts. And Jen's right. I mean, to, to, to try and demystify astrology, because uh, I at some point wanted to get into it. But then you read a natal chart and you see these aspects and you see this just this this circle with a bunch of scribbles all over it. And it's like, where do you start with that? You know, right. It's, it's really confusing. And um, but people want to know, you know, and so, um, you know, when I got into it, it was, you know, like reading something from. A long time ago and it was so confusing and but I was so driven to understand it that sometimes I would bang my head against the wall and I'm thinking why what does that mean I'm like and come to find out like a year later it just means the cat is black you know but they've used all of these words and and I'm just banging my head like looking up in this in this thesaurus and the dictionary I'm like researching all this stuff and I'm like the cat is black wow why don't you just say that? Say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, right? So, so for me, I, I have come up with a way when people start to ask me on IG, you know, what does this mean and how does this work? And, you know, I, I will draw the planet out as a person. I'm like, okay, this is it. You know, this is a planet. And it's going to put on, you know, the Sagittarius costume, right? So this is it. And this is your play of life. And these are, you know, the different aspects of who you are. But it's aspecting, you know, your sun is aspecting your moon. And when they're wearing these costumes, they don't get along so great. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's easy, you know? But, you know, that's, you have to like break it down, you know, simplistically. Um, if you're actually going to, you know, teach it. Um, but I think that the app could really be a useful tool for people, um, especially like if you're going through a hard time, you know, why is this happening? How long is it going to last? Yeah. 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 And that's what I love about your IG page. And for the listeners, they can find you at iChat Astrology on IG. Yeah. 
And yeah. Um, yeah, I love your memes because the way it is worded is very real life. Like Eric, Eric preaches this being too woo woo and being practical. Like, and I really like how you have such practical applications in all of your um, in all of your posts. So I have a oh, feeling yeah. that your your app is going to be very similar to that, and I'm I'm super stoked to see it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's it's really important, especially now, because I think we're approaching an age in our sort of collective awareness as a civilization where people are starting Mm -hmm. to kind of take their salvation and their sovereignty in their into their own hands. Right. And, And I think astrology allows for people to do that by really going backwards through their chart seeing where all their mm-hmm. planets are aligning and really do the work and trying to meet these sort of challenges and do what they need to do in order to prepare for these type of alignments and these type of like squares and conjunctions and trines and things like that. But I think right. it's always about how where to start with most people mm-hmm. and to demystify sort of the stigma behind astrology. But I do feel even right. just from my experience that people are a lot more a lot more accepting of it now. So I think you have like yeah, a really absolutely. great opportunity to really share your light yeah. work, especially with what's going on in the world right now. Right. You know? Absolutely. Yes, I agree. I, I really agree. Yeah. So it's, from it's, your, from uh, your perspective on what's going on in the world as an astrologer, uh, mm-hmm. what can you say to all of the couples that are together that are soulmates or twin flames and obviously because we're in a pandemic and people are in quarantine that's changing the dynamic and how they interact with each other uh what Mm -hmm. advice could you give to couples that are doing that work and spending a lot more time together i would say that you know the people that you're with you're exactly where you're supposed to be and that's it you know and maybe it's a time where if you're miserable guess what? This is maybe the wake up call that this isn't working out. And maybe you were staying in a relationship for money or you were staying in a relationship for comfort, but maybe you're coming to find out this isn't who you are. This isn't what, what you want to do. And as a result of this pandemic, as soon as it's, you know, over, um, I'm making different choices and I'm getting out of this, you know, or you have people that are together and it's like, you know what? I never thought I could ever spend five minutes locked up with somebody, let alone five months. And you know what? I really like you. It's good work together, you know, or, or you know what? You drive me absolutely crazy. And when you, when you do this and, and you don't do that and you know what? It, it's like, it drives me crazy, but you know what? I love you. So I accept it. I want to be with you, you know? So it's like a playing field really of opportunity for those couples to go deeper yeah. into yeah. the work. For me, astrology is, is it's just presenting, it's, it's showing somebody a picture of, of, their, of their chart and showing them what their options are and what their lessons are, right? And that you tell them, here's, here's your story. You know, you can do this, you can do that, or you can do, you know, both. But the, but the option is yours. And whatever choice you make, that, that's for you, you know? Because I feel like people feel so conditioned to do one thing or the other, or they wanna do the right thing. And when you're so focused on doing the right thing, who you are is like blocked. So I think that just showing people um, stuff, you know, and talking to them about their chart and what's going on. And I'm gonna tell you 90% of the time, 
when people come to me and they'll ask me questions, I'm so conflicted about this or I'm conflicted about that. And then I open up the chart and I talk to them and they're like, you know what? Yeah, deep down, I really knew that. Yeah. They just need validation. Yeah. Yeah. Just need validation. Um, but I think, you know, astrology is a great tool to help in people's yeah. lives. Oh, absolutely. Great guidance. So if you had one thing that the pearl, what is the pearl that you want to share with our listeners um, before we wrap this up? So I would say that the pearl is, is that getting to know who you are as a person and what you stand for will never lead you in the wrong direction ever. It's that inner guidance that a lot of times we don't listen to that is our biggest enemy, you know? And if we could learn to like kind of open that up and listen to our soul, it will never lead you in the wrong direction. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. And thank, thank you, you so much for coming yeah, on. We so thoroughly enjoyed this. This was awesome. Oh, yeah. Gosh. And for thank all of those so of you that wanted to find uh, on social, on social media, she can be reached at. I think uh, Jen spoke about it earlier, but it's at iChat Astrology, right? On uh, Instagram. Yeah. On Instagram, Twitter, and are you on Facebook as well? Yes. Okay. Facebook as yeah. well. Okay. And we'll include some links on our website if you guys want to go to just divine-nobodies.com. You will probably just be posting some information there so they can kind of um, track you and and reach out. So I hope that the uh, the app will be available soon and that we could use it do you have kind of like a time frame of when that might be available i'm hoping in the next nine months because i've, I've had to write it myself oh yeah oh. and absurd you have to write not all diesel. of the combination yeah. yeah they're not easy yeah so yeah, when, no. when that finally comes together let us know we'll have you back on and then we can just talk oh, about i guess the 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 contents of the app and hopefully we can get some people on there to start using it. I, I, we probably definitely will too. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you need anybody yeah. to test it, let us know. <laughs> oh yes. I'll be reaching out. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you both for having me on your show. It's it was great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's really, it's been a really beautiful journey just speaking with you today. Thank you so much for just elaborating on so much information. I was really excited to talk uh, to you about the whole twin flame soulmate thing because it's one of the things that I, I'm i really fascinated with. So I'm, I'm glad to, to get the insight. For sure. Well, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Take care. Okay, thank you. Bye. All right, so we're back with just me and Jen. Just finished that interview with Yvette Thomas. That was a really amazing interview. She was awesome. Right? She was awesome. What I like about her is, and I kind of saw this on her IG as well, is that her information is really good for the layperson. She didn't use right. a lot of that astrology jargon where yeah. you kind of get lost in the sauce. You're like, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it was just really relatable and real world and practical and plain English. And I thought it was awesome. I thought yeah. she did a great job. And, and that's really, really important because those the, that stigma behind astrology is a, a very real thing, especially in a Western society. You bring it up to most people that aren't, that are outside of the community that we're in. They just are like, well, what is this? devil shit you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like, that's my you, grandma she's yeah it's like, how do you she's explain, one of those people do you, you explain that to your parents you know what i mean but i feel like we're in a we're in a, 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 a 
an era now where I think a lot more people um, are starting to accept it, even yeah. if it's as, as, as a trivial thing, mm-hmm. you know, or as like a novelty. Yeah. Um, but you see it circulating over the internet and you see these memes and I, I feel like it does. The reason why I feel like it's becoming more acceptable is because people are obviously waking up and mm-hmm. people are obviously getting more into this sort of really different and new age way of thinking. Yeah. Because uh, people, from my experience, I think are just starting to steer away from just m- modern sort of like Western spirituality altogether. Yeah. And they're starting to open themselves up to a much broader journey. And that involves like mystical type of teachings. Absolutely. Like astrology. Yeah. You know? We've talked about this so many times, the pendulum swing, right? Yeah. And we just went through pretty much some dark, dark times and dark ages. And yeah. now we're going to come out of that much better. And people's my people's minds are going to be so open and spiritually you're going to see a huge evolution in people. I'm yeah. really excited to see the positive aspects of the end of this quarantine. Cause there's going to be so many, right. not just for the planet, but uh, for people in general. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really important. Just like what you said about uh, bridging that gap in understanding and making it pretty practical. Right. You know, you don't have to know everything about astrology in order to understand it. Uh, but there's lots of information online that we can use. If you, if those that are listening aren't familiar with natal charts, there's a lot of websites that are for free where you can just Google search. And as long as you have your date of birth, the time in which you were born. The time in which you were born is really important yeah. um, if you were born at night or in the morning. Mm. So a good resource that I think has an amazing natal chart is Cafe Astrology and oh, it's yeah. free. Mm. And um, it gives you a, like a 40 page printout and it yeah. does a pretty good job <laughs> yeah. at explaining, you know, the aspects of your chart, yeah. but there is still a lot of jargon in it that you need to kind of decipher. Yeah. Um, but if that's something that the listeners are interested in, hit up a vet. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then also the city in which you were born is also important too. The, the cool thing about astrology is there, there's, there's there's so many dimensions that you can go into. You can even get down to, you know, what your ET lineage is, uh, where you're most likely to um, live and flourish and I guess in, in terms of proximity around the globe. Oh, Yeah, somebody, uh, an astrologer um, a while back told me, uh, based off of where my planets were aligned, that mm-hmm. the positioning was going to fall somewhere within, you know, Orange County and Arizona and different areas of California. Wow. And it ended up actually being true That's because cool. I lived in all of those places. Wow. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you can get down to that. And there's a, it, it's, it's, it's so complex, you know, so I'm glad that people like Yvette exists that can sort of make it more practical and yeah. something that we can understand. Break it down so you can easily digest it. Exactly. I wonder what that what that means for me because I was born in Texas, but I live in California now and I've been here the last 10 years. Even though I love Texas and Texas is my home, right? Um, California is my home now. I've been here so long. My roots are here. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what, what aspects are in my chart that would say where I should be. Yeah. But, you know, just like we were talking about star seeds last week, mm. um, was 